When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, everyone, welcome to the Barca Blagranas podcast. And I think for the second time in a row, we have Nick coming on to chat about good news in Barcelona land. Nick, how are we doing? Yeah, this is great news in Barcelona land, so feeling very good. Yeah, I messaged you yesterday afternoon saying uh, we are going to have an interesting podcast today. And I was kind of talking like either way it was going to be interesting uh, because if they were to lose, we would have felt shortchanged because I think just of how Barcelona have played recently, uh, they were... 100% capable of the result they put out yesterday like they're uh I think Jill put it in her five five things to learn but like they Barcelona I think her point was Barcelona roll back the years and it, it is like these last two performances against Valencia and uh Napoli yesterday felt like vintage Barcelona did you kind of get that feeling I did I you know from the beginning with Xavi in particular even when the results were coming um you could tell that there was a system that he was trying to implement, even when it wasn't successful. And it hasn't changed that much over the, the few months that he's been here. Uh, right now, I think with the right people in place and maybe just spending more time together, maybe it's just you get a few good wins together and then it just becomes contagious. But one way or another, there's a system there. It's working. It is a little bit vintage because you can see so many elements from the days when Xavi was a player. And it, it just looks like a, a system that's working. Um, and I think these new players who have come in from the January transfer window have made a huge impact in making it work. So let me ask you this from, from, I say, let me ask you this, and then I'm about to pontificate for 30 seconds. Uh, in a second, I'm going to ask you this. Um, I did not, I, I'm not saying Barcelona's back, whatever. I, I guess I didn't expect results like the ones we saw over the weekend and the results like yesterday till next year. I was kind of expecting, um, lackluster offensive performances as Chavi was trying to implement a system. I I didn't really see these sort of offensive outbursts where they actually look like they know what they're doing with the ball. Uh, I kind of expected them just to drag out results, still potentially get top four. Um, are you surprised that we're seeing glimpses? Like, we're not going to see this every game, but are you surprised we're seeing glimpses this early on of an offensively potent Barcelona again? Okay, so what I think it is, and the way that you phrased the question, it makes me think back a little bit, just a few years. Um, and I think what's happened is that a lot of the players who have been around for a long time, have, who were the leaders of the team, have finally gotten their confidence back. So I'm not surprised to see like big results because they've always had the talent. 
but especially after that Bayern Munich thrashing a few years back in the Champions League, that set off this just cloud of doubts over the entire club and all of the other distractions and horrible things that were happening in the background. I think everyone was losing their confidence. Even the new players that were coming in were like, well, someone has to be the leader here. And I think things started to have started to click in the last few months. I think Xavi's always had the confidence as a manager, even when the results weren't there for a few months. The way I would always say, man, the way he talks after every single game, whether it's a win loss or a draw, it's always accurate. It's always uh, the truth. Um, and he's never making excuses. What he's always saying, the theme is always, we have the talent. We can do this, but the players have to believe in it. And I think they're starting to finally believe that they're as good as their talent would suggest. Yeah, let's talk about a few individual players in particular. Uh, let's talk about Frankie de Jong, uh, a player that was, I personally think, and I think we even chatted about this, um, unfairly scrutinized uh, in this strange you know, last year and a half Barcelona have had. I think the the way that the team has played hasn't um, allowed him to do what he does best. And yesterday was, I think, the the Frankie de Jong that we expect and hope to be at Barcelona for years to come. What were your thoughts on Frankie's performance? Uh, he's, you know, it's been coming. Even when Frankie isn't um, getting the goals or the assists or making a huge impact, he's, you know, he came here for a reason. Um, out of the IX system, he is a great center midfielder, extremely versatile. He takes instruction very well. Um, even it was just a year ago, I don't know if you remember, um, under um, Quayman in January, where he was the guy in January that was like going forward, making those runs into the box and scoring goals. He can do so much. Um, and right now, you know, I, when it comes to Frankie, I, I think he's a player who can really be a leader on this team and giving himself permission to, to shine the way that Pedri shines and Gavi shines and not just being the glue of the team, which he's been for a really long time. But when you saw the goal he scored um, against Napoli, incredible class. And you just saw that coming after the first touch. He took that one penetrating step, and you were like, oh, my God, I think he's going to bend this thing in. And then it was just a perfect strike. Uh, but he also, he was the guy that rescued the points against Alaves a few games back. Um, I think his form has been growing and growing. And hopefully now he you know, gives himself permission to be – you know, a superstar on this team, uh, because really he has the the ability to be that good. I, I loved the way you phrased that. The, the two things you said are he was kind of the glue and allowing himself to be a superstar in these situations because he, he feels more comfortable going forward and being more creative and allowing more of that to flourish because he doesn't feel like he's as exposed with the way Barcelona are playing anymore, which is awesome. And I think part of that is... Um, like you mentioned, the confidence of some of the old heads, whether that's Jordi Alba or Busquets. Uh, I still wouldn't say uh, I'm happy that Busquets has, is forced to play as much as he is, but he doesn't look as uh, old. Um, let's talk about Jordi Alba. Uh, he's He looks like Jordi Alba again. I, there's still there's still age there, right? If you put him up against a, a winger with speed, he's still going to get exposed a little bit. But uh, mm -hmm. offensively, he's looked great. Yeah, offensively... He's the kind of player I think who has very like a short-term memory. So even after he has a bad game, he's just, and he, maybe that's just who Jordi Alba is, a chip on the shoulder constantly, doesn't expect to be praised. So every single game, whether it's a good one or a bad one, he goes back out there and he just maximizes his strengths, which is to go forward and be really dangerous on the left flank. Um, and I think that's awesome. And, you know, uh, on the right side, uh, you have, uh, especially with Triare, you have someone who's your winger there who can be vertical and provide the threat. But on the left side, um, maybe unless you play Dumbley on the left as well, 
Jordi Alba is going to be the threat. He needs to be that guy. And, you know, there's going to be tough challenges coming ahead, especially with the old guard against big games and the best teams in Europe. Uh, the classical is going to be fascinating coming up in March, but Jordi Alba is so important to this team. Uh, I wouldn't put him in the same category as the other players who have been around for so long, just because I feel like he's a hard worker and a lot of what he does comes from the fact that he's confident and hardworking that never stops. And uh, there's also not a ton of other options if he isn't all of those things at that position. Yeah, I think it's Serginho Dust is the only person who can really play as a left fullback. Yeah. Um, actually, yeah, you mentioned the, the schedule coming up. So I think the next time you and I'll chat will be near the end of March. And that'll be right in between the Classico and uh, the match against Sevilla in early April. So it'll be a fun time. Um, let's talk about you, you and I last spoke um, in the middle of January, I, right before Traore and Aubameyang came on board. Um, what are your thoughts on, we'll, we'll talk about Aubameyang in a second, because I think he's a more interesting conversation. Mm -hmm. Uh, Traore is kind of the, uh, the stand-in for Dembele at this point, but he's, he's actually been, he's been really good, better than I thought he was going to be. I thought he was just going to be someone they put out there to try and kind of stem the tide of Dembele a little bit till he can mend the relationship with the fans, uh, and then maybe slide him, Traore to the bench, Dembele back in starting lineup, but he's been good. Has he been good enough, do you think, to keep his starting spot? Yeah, I was actually surprised that he was dropped at all last week, except for, you know, the thing about a player like him, unlike a Ferran Torres, he's, the way that he plays, he kind of requires more rest because he gives you these sprints and uh, you got the thing you worry about are like hamstring injuries and stuff like that. Um, but in terms of form and what he's giving in performances, I think he's been the best player this month. Things really turned around in February. And I would go as far as to say, like, he, my theory, um, from what I can see, like, where did that huge spark of confidence come that gave Barcelona this run of form? It came from Adama Traore. Like, where did the belief come from? Having a weapon who is so dangerous uh, that he requires certainly not a one-on-one. -on -one. If he's going one-on-one, -on -one, that defender is done. He requires a double team and a lot of times a triple team that opens up space for everybody else. And he's just, you know, so energetic and so dangerous that I think he kind of inspires that uh, belief in everyone else and their own talents and skills. He so, was this weird yeah. spark coming into like this somewhat. And Barcelona had started to come around a little bit in January, but he came into this like weird, decrepit, slow team. And yes. in the NBA, there's this uh, uh, Bill Simmons calls him irrational confidence guys. Mm. And it was kind of like Traore came in. It was just irrationally like, what are you guys doing? And it was just immediately a spark. And it seems to have lit some sort of fire. Aubameyang as well, just inserting this speed and intensity to a team that was kind of used to just sitting around. <laughs> has... yeah. And what's amazing is that, you know, he's one of those guys who some people don't love him. It's love or hate kind of player, Traore. And for the ones who don't love him, they, they always say he's so predictable. Oh my God, all he can do is take the defender down the line and get a cross in the box. Yeah, but he's so confident. And it works like 90% of the time, you're going to keep doing it. And when yeah. it doesn't work, it's because he's being double teamed, in which case he's smart enough coming from the Barcelona system to know just to pass it backwards and keep it, you know, keep the ball circulating. So he's been a great I was pick. going to say, yeah. if, if that's the one thing he does, uh, keep doing it. You can do that yeah. every single time. And that's exactly what this club needs. Maximize right your now. strengths. If that's the best thing you do and no one can stop you, just keep doing it. Um, and it's been working. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, there weren't very many negatives. Um, Ter Stegen, uh, I am so conflicted and confused by his like strange performances when he puts them in. Um, yesterday, another weird challenge that was 
just un like when you think about him a couple years ago, just very un Terstegen like. Uh, what have your thoughts been watching Terstegen's odd season so far? Yeah, I, I would say as, as supporters, really try not to overreact. Uh, and I would say, look at De Gea, who was getting so much criticism at Manchester United. And, you know, this is going to happen to goalkeepers. Uh, but someone like Ter Stegen, he thrives on his arrogance and his confidence in doing things that like a Courtois would never do. Just a big dude. Donnarumma would never do it. They're just disciplined. They just sit in the goal and, you know, they let, that's, that's just how they play. I think Ter Stegen's game, he's so good with his feet. He's such a good player for the Barcelona system. Um, I think he is making mistakes, needs to own those. But just like De Gea turned it around and is one of the best keepers in the Premier League right now, Ter Stegen might have a bad season. Uh, but, you know, good luck if you think you're going to replace him because you just don't know what you're going to get. And I stand by Ter Stegen. Uh, but at the same time, I think he needs to, and I think he is, like he said in, the, in this quote this week, no one knows more than me when I'm making mistakes, so I need to do better. So I uh, hope he does better, and I think he will if we uh, give him some patience. Yeah, so let's talk about Barcelona's draw in the Europa League. Um, when I saw Galatasaray, now listen, I don't know about you, but I don't adequately follow the Turkish League. Um, and when I saw Galatasaray, I, I thought, oh, they're they're surely, they're great. Uh, and then I, <laughs> I looked up the standings, and they're currently sitting 13th place. They're literally 30 points off the top of the table in their own league. Um, so... Is this a great job for Barcelona then? Like, do we, we, we get to go into a hostile environment to a team that, you know, according to their, you know, recent run of games is kind of crap. Um, how are you feeling about Galatasaray? <laughs> you know, it's, I think that's great, especially after Napoli. When we drove it with Napoli, was like, this, is, this is a very concerning game for our first game of the Europa League tournament. Uh, Galatasaray, I guess those, those Barcelona connections that are being called out now are really interesting. Apparently the coach was an assistant for Pep Guardiola, which is, well, apparently it's not working for them, but uh, <laughs> he was, and that's an interesting connection. And Yaki Pena is over there now. And actually he's the, he's the starting goalkeeper. He's been there, been there for a while, but no, Barcelona shouldn't be worried. In fact, if you're Barcelona right now with your form, I wouldn't be worried about anyone, uh, but you have to be focused and not arrogant either. I think that's the bigger thing. You're, you're a little bit humbled going into Napoli, knowing that they're a good team that can be dangerous, very good defensively. And against Galatasaray, it's like, okay, yeah, they're not going to be the best team, uh, especially compared to Napoli, but we already know from La Liga and playing against bottom of the table teams that it means nothing in a, in any given day. Yeah, I, I think I underestimated how poor their form is. They've won just eight out of their last 26 matches. Um, and the the Barcelona connection you talked about uh, with Turin, but there's also uh, – Inca Peña, who moved on uh, to Galatasaray on loan just last month, and then Arda Turan, yep. of course. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, uh, frankly, the thing I'm most excited about is just the uh, the crazy week build up to the away fixture, where I just get to see videos of uh, Turkish fans going wild in the stands with fireworks and all that fun stuff. Um, it's a good environment. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it, it's a really good environment, and of course, in the uh, the opening match at the Camp Nou, they're going to be without Gavi who picked up his third yellow card uh, in the match yesterday. Um, how are you feeling about, and, and kind of starting to wrap up here, how are you feeling about La Liga right now with Barcelona's current form? Their schedule coming up isn't the, it, it, it's like, it's fine. They they play Bilbao this weekend, and then they have Elche the weekend after that, also Sunia. And then um, after the second leg against Galatasaray, three days later is the Classico and then Sevilla. So they have a few matches that they could use to uh, continue to build on kind of what they've 
uh, started to build on in La Liga in this calendar year. So how are you feeling about the domestic situation? Uh, feeling good, um, but there's so much competition right now mm-hmm. at the top of the table that, you know, it's going to require maximum concentration and not, you can't have a, like a dip in form. I'm feeling much better about a top four finish, but you can't feel really good about it because as good as things were in February, which was a fantastic February. Oh my God, it was so hard coming into this month. I was very concerned about if things were going to click or not. Uh, but, you know, I'm feeling good about that. I think hopefully they would, instead of worrying about the teams below them in the table right now and getting a top four finish, what they're really thinking about is, can we catch Betis? Can we catch Sevilla? And being ambitious, because mm-hmm. that's going to be, I think, their, their best ticket right now, seeing themselves as, you know, second to Real Madrid, who they can't catch, but that's, you know, they can catch Sevilla, and that would be a great goal. And then they're focusing on climbing and not uh, being caught. Yeah, and they they have a match in hand, but between fourth and eighth place is five points right now. Um, So they can obviously extend that if they beat beat Bilbao over the weekend, but um, it's still very close. Just as a reminder, Athletic knocked Barcelona out of the Copa del Rey, and then they knocked out Real Madrid from the Copa del Rey. And they can be inconsistent, but this is a team that loves playing Barcelona, so it's going to be a fun game this weekend. Yeah, um, and certainly Barcelona is going to be riding high off of the Europa League win midweek. Um, I just got to say, it was it was good. It, it, it's a different European setting, but uh, it did it, it was nice to be instilled with like a sense of things to come. Yesterday, like seeing Barcelona be brilliant on a midweek European matchup is it's awesome, and it gives me a lot of excitement for. Um, the upcoming matches against Galatasaray and continuing to uh, tell myself that I care about the Europa League, but also uh, it just gives me a lot of hope for what like what can Xavi do with this team in the next nine months. Nevertheless, what he's already done with them in a couple short months, and um, it's exciting stuff. Yeah, and I would just add to that. I'm part of like what has brought the success are players who are on loans or on short term deals, and we still don't know what's going to happen with Dembele's contract situation. It feels like anything is possible at this point. So it is like looking beyond even this season and what this project is going to be. Um, like this is a, you call it a stopgap that's really worked, but then really uh, consequential decisions are going to have to be made soon by uh, the directors and by Chavi, who seems to have a lot of influence. So it's going to be fascinating to watch. Yeah, uh, I, I would correct your statement about anything is possible. Anything is possible except for Erling Holland coming to Barcelona. That is not happening. We are not, we're not getting Erling <laughs> Holland this summer. Um, that's all I got, Nick. Are you working on anything for the site right now, or what can we expect from you in the coming weeks? Yeah, you know, kind of just the same old. What I really like to do is just everything changes so much game to game in terms of what a different team we have now from just a month ago or two months ago. Yeah, we get some so, positive Nick pieces. I like this. Yeah, positivity is really good. And just part of the positivity is being able to really look at this team in a tactical way now because there are real tactics to see, a real like system in place. So that's that's where Barcelona fans really, that's where the love comes from. And that's what I'd like to do more of now, seeing what's working and just analyzing how it's working and why it's happening. So that's what I'm going to be looking at. That's awesome. Well, we appreciate you coming on as always. And next time we chat, hopefully this club will be in solid, maybe third place, probably still fourth, but heading into a couple of huge fixtures where we can go in feeling confident and not scared anymore, which is going to be fun. Yeah, looking forward to all that.